0: You are listening to KG Mwakeetze on SAFM. The Talking Point on SAFM. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
1: Welcome uh, to the second hour of uh, the Talking Point here on SFM. I'm Komozo Keiji Kijimuiketi. So join the conversation whenever you want to. We are on the studio line. Oh eight six triple zero two zero three two. Oh eight six triple zero two zero three two. Thank you very much, by the way, for your voice notes that you send on oh six one four one zero four one zero seven. Oh six one four one zero four one zero seven. You tweet as well on at SFM Radio. I'm at Kijimuiketi. And you hashtag SFM Talking Point. So last week, um, if you remember, we had a conversation on ethical and conscious leadership, right? Um, there was an organization that reached out to us to share the work that they are doing towards fostering servant leadership among Young people. And this intergenerational dialogue that we're about to have looks at the servant leaders that have emerged in South African history and unpacking their past, their political leadership, their vision, their lessons, their style, and their tools to achieve a harmonious and cohesive South Africa. In this hour, we're unpacking the Youth Speak. Leaders, after watching the servant leader episodes, talk about their understanding and their interpretation of the kind of leadership they will vote for. Youth Speak Leaders motivate other young adults to start the conversation about our future leadership inheritance and the role they can play to make South Africa better for all. Youth Speak Leaders speaks about authority, about power, social justice, the constitution, and basic human rights, service delivery, justice, and so much more. And our guests, there's four of them. Um, and I'm apologizing ahead of time if if I ever, uh, in this conversation, confuse who from who. Uh, I mean well, uh, but we're going to try because everybody's on, on Zoom. Lid- Lydian Plakis is the project manager of the Servant Leadership Legacy Project and is daughter of the patron, uh, the patron of the project, Professor Dan Plakis and uh, Dr. Lydia Ann Plakis, and uh, also Mbali Williams. LLP student at the University of Cape Town and participant of the Servant Leadership Program. And Nicholas Kruger, postgraduate theatre and performance student at the University of Cape Town. And they are the uh, participant of the Servant Leadership Program. And then, lastly, we have Dr. Lydia N. Plakis. I know there's Lydia and Lydian. Uh, I hope we don't confuse them. But there's Dr. Lydia N. Plakis, who's the director of Active Citizenship, at the Executive Support Outcomes. Good morning, everybody. Thank you very much. And perhaps I start with you, uh, Dr. Lydia N. Plakis, to talk about the concept of uh, you know the Seventh leadership legacy project way. It comes from how we even end up here, having to talk about it. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Dr. Lydia N. Good morning,
2: Good morning
1: Lydia. Dr. Um, Lydia. Oh, okay. Dr. Lydia, and I directed the first question to you around the concept uh, of uh, the servant leadership. How we end up here having this conversation.
2: Um, Good morning, Kajen. Good morning to your listeners. Um, In 2011, I've started a project um, with my business partner, Leslie and Felix, called Active Citizenship, and our main idea was to start a network for change, where we're working with different organisations, doing different kinds of work within communities. Our argument was based on we inherited the apartheid legacy and from inheriting the apartheid legacy we need to look at what are the kind of future inheritance that we're leaving for our kids and it's like a very simple conversation the conversation about people are dying and when people die family members die we leave an inheritance but what kind of inheritance were we left with after apartheid died? Mm. And what kind of leader were we left with? In 2015, Professor Daniel Plakies, my husband, um, started then a conversations with active citizenship, and he proposed to start a series called Servant Leadership. And he asked us, because of um, Um, my media and production background, if we don't want to put the multimedia production together. So in 2015, we started interviewing 35 of the different leaders, pre-apartheid and post-apartheid. So the series basically focusing on the stories of various leaders telling these stories around leadership and their understanding of servant leadership. Um, we've planned to launch the series in 2021 after all of the interviews. And then um, Daniel passed away in October 2020. So in um, on the 1st of January 2021, we then kicked off with a Multimedia Series. And what is so ironic is because this is a legacy project, and we're looking at inheritance, and if you look at Daniel's books, you will see he talks about future inheritance, what are we inherit what what we inherited, and what is it that we're leaving for our kids as to learn from within our leadership. And here yeah, he passed away. And so this is, is basically for our kids, it is their inheritance from what their father left from for them. And um, and then for the youngsters, of what it is that they can learn from the leadership that they've inherited, but also vision what kind of future leadership they will have. Mm. Um, So Youth Speak Leaders was born out of that, and the whole idea of Youth Speak Leaders is about talking to and having conversations with first-time voters. So the team that currently joining me today in studio are part of a 25 Youth Speak Leader team that voted for the first time in 2021 in the local government elections and next year they're going to vote for the first time in the national elections so they um, integrated and into um, their different conversations the kind of leadership they've inherited but also the kind of leadership that they want and the kind of leadership that they will vote for yeah.
1: Yeah. That's in a nutshell. That's fantastic because it's a legacy project, but it's an important legacy project. And you know, when you speak, youth speak. Leaders, I want to bring the project manager in, uh, Lydian and Pluckies. Good, good morning. Uh, uh, you know, I want to talk about, um, particularly the 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 messaging that came from the thirty five that were interviewed. I was shed so I couldn't watch it on uh, on on YouTube as 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 I was supposed to, but I. Wanna talk about the messaging that came from the thirty-five leaders uh, that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, were interviewed, and where the issue of sort of age and leadership came in uh, to the discussion? What came about? Because we live in a country where there there is. A, an unending perception and it's a perception uh, that uh, you know age is sort of associated with leadership uh, to an extent where a young when a young leader emerges it's like it's seen as something extremely victorious uh, but it's it's not a given that if you're older you'll necessarily be a great leader or if you're younger you're incapable of leading. Good morning Lydian. Good
3: morning KG. Um, And good morning to your listeners. Um, This is a very important conversation that I think is very important to us as youth speak leaders, um, and also to my father and the understanding of where servant leadership started and how it came about. Um, Concerning the interviews, all of these people that were interviewed, these 35 leaders, all started around our age in their 20s, maybe even younger. Mm. Um, Sophia started when she was 16, 17. Um, so, the idea of leaders being young is not, as you say, like this completely new and amazing thing. It's something that has always happened and something that has started to be pushed aside a bit. And as you speak, leaders, we try and push further into youth leaders and us as youth getting in more into the conversation of what happens in our country and how the, our country is run in order to improve all of our lives. Um, um, yeah, yeah, Sombali. Uh, g-
1: good morning to you. Uh, you're an LLB student at uh, at UCT, and you participate. Uh, you're a participant of the Servant Leadership Program. Uh, you're probably one of the ones who voted for the first time in the local government elections in uh, 2021. How do you interpret uh, Servant Leadership? Uh,
4: good morning, KG, and good morning, listeners. How do I interpret servant leadership? Well, ideally, it isn't necessarily a buzzword that I heard for the first time when I started working with servant leaders as a company. It's something that you're exposed to in high school, but I think we're all kind of indifferent to the very long life skills, life orientations classes, but civil responsibility and civil leadership honestly is one of the most integral things in a democracy that isn't emphasized enough i know that something of voting seems a little bit indifferent and more and more i think people are becoming a little bit more apathetic to the idea of voting in order to evoke or have any kind of concrete change happen in their democracy but i remember voting in the local elections and being really excited because it was the first time that i got to exercise something that I know that my mom and dad fought for, that my grandmother and my grandfather fought for. So it isn't necessarily just like a self-ordained right that you get at birth, right? Mm, It was something mm. consecrated of blood, sweat, and literal tears. Um, And just to jump off of what Lydian was saying, this profound notion that like young leaders or young people in politics means that they're inexperienced or that they don't really know what it is that they're getting into. All of our predecessors started at our ages or younger. Mm. It's just a matter of recognition happening when they're older. So all of the people that we have sitting now in parliament, everyone that we've had in government, they didn't start in their 40s and only had a politicized career by the time they were in their 50s or 60s. It starts at this time. And we're all so fortunate that we're in a position now where we're provided with platforms like this in order to not only advocate for ourselves as future leaders, but advocate for other young people that are passionate about leading too, because servant leadership is about selflessness. It's about transparency. It's about accountability. You know, those are the types of requirements that I'm looking for in the party that I vote for. Mm. Um, running in my city or my municipality or my country at large. Um, so servant leadership has been a thing that I I don't think I've ever taken as seriously as I have in the past five years. Um, but it's it's been a real experience. Like, I think it's so, so valid.
1: Yeah. So Nicholas Kruger is a postgraduate theatre and performance student at the University of Cape Town, and they also are a participant of the Servant Leadership Program. Good morning, Nick. Tell me about then the process of putting the series together. Uh, You know, what, what, what you guys did for hashtag Servant Leadership. Good morning, Nick.
5: Good morning, KG, and all of your <laughs> listeners. Um, the process surrounding servant leadership involved us doing a lot of research on stuff that isn't readily available, mm-hmm. on stuff that ha- wasn't taught to us in school, in, in school or even in university. Like, finding out all these little details about the people that we interviewed from former President Khaleem Makhlante to just former, pre- for- former Justice Albi Sachs to um, finance, former finance minister, Trevor Manuel, we were able to glean things from their experiences as servant leaders that weren't, that you weren't able to just look up through a simple search on the Internet. It's some rather something that you would have to comb through in this text or library to find, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the process was enlightening in that way because it, it showed us that that these people who started out at our age, all the steps they took to get where they are and to affect change in 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 that using that servant leader relationship where the acknowledgement that there is a relationship between leaders and the people that they lead Mm. that you cannot have that you cannot have democracy without the say of the people it is literally the will of the people that allow these leaders to lead, and without the people's buy-in, then you don't have that. Mm-hmm. And this process, I feel like, um, for all of us, it opened our eyes to like what the possibilities are when you have that buy-in, when you have a leader that listens, in in, in, in an empathetic way to mm. what their what what, the, what their people need.
1: I, I like the marriage, if you may. Um, between the, the leader also being the servant, the servant yeah. being the leader. I like I like that marriage, but I, I want to go to break. I have to go to break and then come back and 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 talk uh, and elaborate on uh, the episodes in the series because I keep hearing you guys drop names about uh, you know who you interview, Trevor Manuel, uh, you know Sophia DeBrain, et cetera, etc., etc. So perhaps when we come back from break, we have a conversation around uh, the episodes in the series who you chose uh, to interview as. a servant leader and what attributes you thought they had that qualified them to live that, uh, you know, that to play that dual role, almost um, in hindsight, the dual role of servant slash leader. We are in conversation with, uh, um, you know, uh, Lydian Plakies, Mbali Williams, Nicholas Kruger, Dr. Lydia N. Plakies. And at the heart of our conversation is developing the new generation of ethical and conscious leadership because we had a conversation last week on ethical and conscious leadership and uh, we had this organization reach us to reach out to us and talk about the work that they are doing and their SKU is fostering servant leadership amongst young people we'll continue our conversation with
0: conversations that you connect with and react to SAFM
1: Welcome back. It's uh, 10.28 on SAFM, and uh, we are having a discussion uh, around the development of a new generation of ethical and conscious leaders. And uh, we're skewing our uh, conversation around servant leadership. In fact, it's an organization uh, called uh, Hashtag Youth Speak Leaders, and uh, it's centered around the servant leadership legacy project. And uh, it's um, really uh, being run by Lydian Plucky's. Uh, Who's a project manager of the Servant Leadership Project and Bali Williams and uh, Nicholas Kruger and Dr. Lydia N. Plakis, who's the director of Active Citizenship and uh, the executive of uh, executive for support outcomes. But I also want to ask you, the listener, a question: In your own communities, right? In your own communities, to what degree do you encourage young people to be to lead? in your own communities where you come from and what are the attributes that uh, you require from young leaders? Uh, because there's a point being made that some of the people who are in charge or who have uh, been leaders in our country in various uh, major portfolios, for example, someone like Trevor Manuel, they themselves started in their 20s. And they played this dual role, and that's what's coming up in our discussion, of servant leadership Because there was a degree of service um, that, uh, for example, someone like uh, Trevor Manuel uh was doing when he was fighting for the cause of uh, liberation, right? That's the servant part. And there was a degree of leadership uh, when he was plotting uh, how we can become uh, the most economically viable country that we can be. In fact, I read something yesterday that said um, the economy last performed great in our country when the duo of uh, President Taubo at the helm had um Finance Minister Trevor Manuel beside him. That's the last time that we had an economy uh, that was uh, performing fantastically. But look at the time. So I'm going to come back uh, to uh, everybody, uh, minus the interruptions that I continuously have of adverts and, and news, and then we continue our discussion. It's 10.30.
5: Thanks, KG.
3: Good morning. In the headlines, the High Court in Johannesburg will this morning deliver judgment in the trial of the alleged child sex abuse ring kingpin Gerard Ackerman. He's facing about 740 charges, including rape, human trafficking and possession of child pornography. The Communications and Digital Technologies Minister Mondli Gungubele says President Cyril Ramaphosa appointed the new SABC board after satisfying himself that it met the legal requirements. And the city of Tshwane says some residents' high water consumption is hampering its supply restoration process. Parts of Pretoria East, Mamulodi, Yesteros and surrounding areas have been without water since last week. I'll have details on these and other the stories at 11.
1: The rent is trading at 18.28 to the dollar, 22.73 to the pound, and 20.2 cents to the euro. Statistics South Africa released the consumer price inflation rate for March, which came in slightly higher at 7.1% year on year compared with 7% in February. On a month on month basis, CPI rose to 1% in March from 0.7% in February. The South African Reserve Bank has an inflation target range of 3 to 6%. in Asia ended weaker. The JSE is lower in mid-morning trade. Markets in Europe are slightly down at this hour. Gold is trading at $1,984 and platinum at $1,062 per ounce. The price of Brent crude oil is at $83.55 a barrel.
0: Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM.
1: Welcome back there's a whatsapp uh, uh, is it a whatsapp yes it's a whatsapp that came through from uh, uh, Brian Mabaye in Protea Glen I'm reading your message Brian it says leadership is a mindset of certain intellectual abilities it's not chosen by oath of superior or of political difference it doesn't need age nor gender but transparency Uh, good leaders come from hard backgrounds leadership is not taught it's who you you are Brian Mabaye uh, from Protea Glen and and uh Marcosonke and Jablan and so you also want to chime in on our conversation. Good morning,
0: good morning, how are you, and to your guest as well. Good morning, yes. Um, look, w- one of the things that I, I, I have noticed is that um, leadership basically, um, it has to be it's, it's actually a calling and it, and 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 there has to be a part of your journey, um, which. I have witnessed, um, where, where, uh, which uh, I, I have learned um, through Dukasatere, in terms of him uh, being taken to Pukuitatuana at the age of fifteen, which he was then exposed to the late Mangwana's uh, leadership, because was saying in Diras. So one of the, that's where his leadership was actually, bad. Uh, and as we know, also he went to go and play at, at, at Leeds, which he was also exposed to great leadership there as well. As we know that uh, um, uh, one of the, the, the countries that that are doing very well in terms of leadership. However, I want to ask your guests these questions. Um, um, uh, well, one of the things is that uh, the crucial steps that Lukasata them uh, 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 fulfilling is peoples' life. Papers, mm. wouldn't that provide African uh, Africa the keys uh, to fulfil our continent' life's purpose? That's a question to ask your your guests. Secondly. Um, uh, South African sport icon, source of inspiration, shouldn't we use, use it as a source of our, in our vision? And then lastly, um, 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 him overcoming impediment to his inspiration during his national and international football career. Don't we think we can learn from him? the art of overcoming the obstacles to our collective vision and individual visions. As we can see, that as a country, we are battling. And he came back 2005 in South Africa, and he wanted to assist South Africa in terms of leadership, and that didn't even take place. So for me, when we don't even acknowledge that type of leadership, why would we think we would address the issue of leadership in our country? Okay,
1: Okay. thank you, Makosanke. I hope uh, one of our guests will respond to what you said, but we also have two voice notes.
6: Uh, Morning, KG, and morning to SAFM listeners. Hey, I'm so impressed by your guests there. They are very vibrant. And uh, judging by what IEC was saying in the last elections, and the majority of people didn't go and vote and the, and, the, and the majority of people preferred to sit at home and the majority of people who who, who were on their voters' roll were in numbers. I think more than 70% is the youth. So the youth are the ones who can change the situation that we find ourselves is, selves in. And, I, and I, I'm very happy for that because the, the ones that you have there at your, at your radio station, they are very, very, I can see they are politically un, in, inclined. It doesn't matter what organization. I like it because they are they are connected, you know. They understand politics better than anything. So I'm very happy for that. They must continue enlightening others. And, and, and I'm so happy that they also already uh, uh, voted last time. So they must go on and, and also mobilize the other youngsters to go and vote. Thank you. Thank you, KG. Good
7: morning, KG. Yes, sorry for that. Yes, like I said, I'm Gregory Kluter of Matrusfontein, uh, Vice Chairperson of Matrusfontein Community Forum. Very seldom you you see a, 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 a youth uh, uh, representing themselves in Matrusfontein. They don't um, participate in whatever problems there are in, uh, in our area. You only see the Middle Ages. Old people attending meetings, not not youth per se. Um, yeah, in Matroosfontein, that is great cruelty of Matroosfontein, Western Cape.
8: Hi KG, it's Dumzi from Cape Town. Uh, in my opinion, servant leadership is a spiritual condition or is a spiritual phenomena which depicts the spiritual condition of the leader, their ability to get down to the real issues, listening with that third ear, uh, and being impartial and seeking the good out of people. However, modern servant leadership seems to be secularizing this spiritual phenomena in the sense that it seems like you can now be taught to do good for selfish reasons. I am not sure if I am correct by my analysis of the modern servant leadership.
1: Okay, so let me allow my guests uh, to... Hopefully they could hear some of your messages and your questions. Maybe, actually, let me take one uh, last caller in Hitler, in uh, Boshov. Is your name Hitler?
7: Good morning, my sister. Good morning. Yes, my name is Hitler from Boshov.
1: Okay, uh, let's hear your point.
7: But honestly, with respect, my sister, I don't think we've got even young leaders. Can Can I just give you an example? I've never heard after when this guy took over the, that young kid in Madagascar. What is his name? Ravalomanana. Manana. Mm-hmm. one who was a DJ. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe you still remember. Has mm-hmm. anything good for them as a kid how? Madagascar? Oh, I would, I would, I would, so is,
1: is your point that uh, a good lead people can only be good leaders if they're older? Is that your argument?
7: Not at all, and especially across the world. But let me put, let me be quite brutally cruel to, to the other, almost all the leaders in the southern region. Most of them, they are just there to amass wealth. And for instance, the, the, the youngest, they, they take from their parents, take grow from, the, from, 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 from the, the 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 richest. The richest little woman, in, 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 young lady in Africa, was from a leader. leaders. Do you still remember that, that lady from the, the, the daughter of Eduardo Santos in Angola? Mm.
1: They inherited
7: that from their parents. Even if they could, they could become leaders, or they could become whatever, they are going to do the same. So, leadership, I don't know, I think leadership must be, maybe it, it must be a genie. If you are a good leader, then you are also going to try. Tra- so, tra- so it's in tra- the genes.
1: You're saying it's in the yeah. genes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, the, your example is interesting because you you, yes. you you make the example of uh, Eduardo Dos Santos's daughter being that's the the, that's the, ri- the richest woman in 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 Africa. But then that's you you that's turn that's around that's and you say, but leadership is is uh, in the genes. It's inherited.
7: It's, it's, it's
1: fine. It's fine. Hitler, don't fight with me. I have four guests. I am going to allow them the space to respond to everything that everyone is saying. Thank you very much for your call. Lydian, <laughs> it took a while to get back to you, but I want to talk about, firstly, do you want to respond to any of the comments and or thoughts that have come through from our our, our listeners?
3: Um, I think the general contents that I got from a lot of it was that um, the idea that youth do not participate in politics or in the voting system as much as they should, and then also that um being a leader is also this idea of being of that it's a life purpose that it's a life calling um and what I've found from the interviews, I don't know if my peers agree with me is that a lot of these activists they weren't chosen it wasn't like a calling that just came to them mm. Sophia Debrain spoke about how she just like they were she just started noticing these things and said how the it just didn't feel right it mm. didn't sit right with so she started fighting. Um, and I think also we put too much um, importance of only one person being a leader. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like the fight to, for the end of apartheid was only not only by one person or one mm. party, it was a large group of leaders. The people who fought for it are the leaders of the country. And so it's not just one person and it's not necessarily a calling. Um, I think people who go into politics, I think like any other career, you want to go into that because then it's like a live calling. But I Mm -hmm. think being a leader and things that are wrong with society, the economy, with anything that's happening in your day to day life and fighting for it and saying something about it is just something that... That should just be yeah. The...
1: It, it sounds to me like you're also talking about conviction when you make that Sophia de Brain example that something just didn't feel right and her conviction was I'm going to stand up against this one thing that doesn't feel right. But I like that uh, you're also saying uh, that uh, you know for example when you make the uh, the example of the fight against apartheid that there were some who were organized but there were also others who were not organized. They found the leadership within themselves to want to. Do something to advance a cause. Let's talk about the episodes of the series because I think that that is important to drive eyes to the series and hear the future ambitions that uh, you have for the for the servant leadership initiative. What what who did you have in the episodes and wh- how are they sort of themed?
3: Um, so the themes progress into um, freedom, justice, youth. Mobilize, Woman, Economy, Arts, Heroes, Tradition, and GBV. Um, And so all of these leaders in these interviews with my father, they all spoke about their role in um, creating South Africa of where it is today and their role as leaders. Um, And we kind of put them into little bits like this because we kind of piggybacked on what uh, their motive was um in their um their interviews. Um and so as youth speak leaders during our panel discussions, we would then collectivise these interviews on who would we focus on and the subjects that we would then focus on in these panel panel discussions. Um, the interviews range from, as you said, we spoke about Sophia De Brain, we go to Geraldine Fraser Moliketti, Professor Benjamin Turok, Trevor Manuel, um Justice Kate Reagan, Archbishop Tabo, Mahoba, we go to a lot of different leaders and we look at all of their lives and what they did. Um, And I think it's been really inspiring to all of us to really learn, as Nicholas said previously, to really learn what what we weren't Given It would be school, interesting
1: and... to me what you looked for in each one of the people that you interviewed. What about them? For example, I mean, I see there was Dr. Raul Cosa, Jeremy Cronin, uh, you know, uh, uh, Barbara Masigela. So there's also a, a major di- disparity. Professor Ben Turok, we spent the large part of the morning have uh, having conversations around something that Professor Ben Turok had, had said in, in in the past. But there's diversity, Right in all of the people that you interviewed, but I'm um, assuming that uh, uh, when uh, your, your late dad uh, made the, the the decision to go and interview these uh, these people, there were attributes about them that were appealing to me to him. What were those attributes? What about those people, as diverse as they may be, shy, uh, 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 you know, screamed leader, screamed servant.
2: Can I, uh, can I Can I? come in here? Yes, um, yes.
1: Is that, what, is what that, was, is that me, you, Dr. What, Lydia? Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. So what was very interesting was in trying to get to a definition for servant leaders and what servant leader means within the South African context. Mm-hmm. One of his arguments was that we need to speak to everyone. Mm. We can't decide that we're not going to speak to A because A did this or B did that. Um, Like the conversation, for example, with Butelezzi was one of, for him, was one of the most eye-opening conversations he ever had with a leader, he said. And that, for him, was like one of the best interviews. And it also shows on our website that millions of people have watched Boutalese's interview just to get behind the story. Mm. But selection was also based on, if we do storytelling, we can't just choose which stories we want to listen to. Mm. We need to listen to everybody's story in order to form an opinion. Mm.
4: So the selection
2: of people that we've interviewed i mean there was so much more that we wanted to interview um, but people people were so busy and we didn't get to everyone but one of the aims was to get as many voices as possible Mm -hmm. one of the unwritten pieces that he wrote that i would like to publish soon is what he characterized as the six different kinds of leadership that we've experienced and inherited from the post-apartheid period through these interviews. And what's quite interesting is that um, if you follow um, his reading and his writing on um, the kind of leadership that we've inherited, Mm. um, it will give us a... A very in 20 years time an idea of what is it that we've inherited post our apartheid leadership from our youth of today and that's why we want to keep on um, talking to people tell the stories and listen to stories so we can form a new kind of servant leadership definition from when it all started in the 70s by Greenleaf, when he came out with the servant leadership definition.
1: Fantastic. Uh, by the way, I have to go to break again. I do apologize for the many breaks, but uh, uh, people pay for the breaks, so we have to make sure we see them through. Before I go to break, I have to tell you some of the people that uh, uh, they, they interviewed. Dr. Raul Kosa, Geraldine Fraser muleketi Jeremy Cronin, Barbara Masigela, Bale Gambete, Bonang Mohale, Yvonne Mokoro, Esop Pahad, Dennis Goldbeck, Kato Regan, Albi um George Bezos, Teresa Solomon, Professor Ben Turok, Ronnie Bridget Mawanda, Trevor Manuel Richard Goldstone, Peter Tladi, uh, Olive Shisana amongst some of uh, the people that they interviewed. We'll continue our conversation but I want uh, the two uh, youngest, uh, please I'm not ageist not at all, uh, but the two youngest uh, panelists Mbali Williams and Nicholas Kruger to apply their minds around the issue of youth apathy uh, that we currently face in the country and why this is important to tackle that. So we'll continue our conversation with our panel in a short while. You're listening to SAFM. It's 10.51.
0: You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM.
1: 10.52, welcome back. We are having a conversation around the development of the new generation of ethical and conscious leaders and this conversation is inspired by the fact that last week we had a conversation on ethical and conscious leaders and an organization reached out to us to share the work that they're doing towards fostering servant leadership amongst young people. And it's an intergenerational dialogue that looks at the servant leaders that have emerged in South Africa's history, and it unpacks their past, their political leadership, their vision, their lessons, their styles, and the tools they used to achieve a harmonious and cohesive South Africa. And on our panel is Lydian Blackies, project manager of the Servant Leadership Legacy Project and daughter of the patron who is Professor Dan Pluckies and Dr. Lydia N. Pluckies, and also Mbali Williams, LLB student at the University of Cape Town, participant also of the Servant Leadership Program, Nicholas Kruger, postgraduate theatre and performance student at the University of Cape Town, and they also are a participant of the Servant Leadership Program. And you just heard uh, Dr. Lydia N. Pluckies, director of the Active Citizenship Executive Support Outcome. So I wanted to focus Focus on Bali and Nicholas now on the issue of youth apathy. Bali, do you want to go first to respond to that? Sure. Um, thank you for the question. I was thinking about this, and this is something
4: that I actually engage with quite a bit as a servant leader, but also just in my private work. Um, and in the work that I do, it's all targeted towards encouraging youth voters and getting young people to get to the actual polls so that we can vote for our local, municipal and national elections. And I think that the apathy is not unjustified Um, between everything that we're exposed to in the media. I think that there's been a kind of notion that because South Africa is a quote-unquote doomed state, or that there isn't really any odds of like hoping us resurrecting a political position or an economic position where young people feel like they can go out into the world and get jobs or that they can go out into the world and feel safe as a woman in any space. the notion is that like do as well as you can and maybe then you'll be able to move overseas
0: Mm, mm.
4: and that is something that I'm interested in in this dialogue in any dialogue ever because while I understand the absolute pros and benefits of acquiring knowledge experience in a different state in a state mind you that might be run more economically successful or maybe it's safer or maybe just like the way that the the country is one in itself, we can learn things about how their government is orchestrated. I understand those benefits, but I think that as a South African, if anything, you should be exercising those opportunities to bring it back to your communities, because how are you going to resurrect or fix something from the outskirts or the sidelines, Mm. right? So we have, like push and pull in south africa where those who are privileged enough those who are resourced and willed to a bunch of access of facilities universities tertiary education end up acquiring this these degrees only to pay taxes in a different country Mm. and feel like five in a different country but then want to point fingers at south africa who then has their either uneducated misled or disempowered youth rise up to the forefront because there are no leaders left in South Africa mm. and when they occupy some government or parliament and misuse money or are corrupt we want to point my fingers and think like how did this happen how yeah. did we let this happen yeah. yeah because you can't you need like education is an investment right and it it, it feels it almost feels foreign to me to be able to start so from an empathetic standpoint to be like there is nothing I can do the country has no odds of being saved and then I just exercise every single power of will every kind of resource I've acquired in South Africa mind you to go help another country's government yeah. I truly honestly believe that between all of the privileges and the opportunities that we're accessed to right now. And mind you, it isn't even the case for every single South African in any system of education. I think those of us that are fortunate to be in those positions should be exercising those, not only to empower others and our peers, by that I mean, like people that are actually in our age group, people who don't have those resources, going to other communities, empowering one another. Those are the people who are going to, not the ones that at a scapegoat opportunity flee overseas to use all of their powers when they could just use them right here at home to empower each other.
1: You know the the challenge of the medium I have uh, I'm on called radio is is time and um, I'm not going to allow uh, another response from Nicholas but I want to ask Lydian to respond to uh, the future plans uh, for uh, the uh, you know uh, the servant leadership uh, the the leg- legacy project and how people can connect with you because uh, something has to happen even beyond uh, the you know the discussion that we're having on on the radio you right now
3: um yes thank you for that um so the future plans is not completely certain i would have my mom um professor i mean dr lydia mm-hmm. and try to speak about it more um but basically from my understanding um in order for people to know more about this is to visit our website servantleader.co.za and to watch the interviews and to watch our youth speak leader panel discussions and to really find all of us to speak about these leaders that my father interviewed um and to also gauge and try and understand their own um definition of servant leader and what it means to be a leader in south africa so do you want to talk the future plans then
1: dr lydia
2: um the Youth Week Leader panel discussion on Zoom led us to get a physical space. And the physical space is currently in Swalandam, where we want to have different kinds of youth camps where we can talk to young um, cho- um, teens and young children about their stories, the stories within their communities, and at the same time expose them to different kind of leaders within their communities and understand their own stories, their own world. Um, Servant leadership is very much word of mouth. And we use all of us talk about servant leaders to our friends, to family members, people that we meet so it's basically we network with people and then we connecting each other and telling stories but the physical space is in swollen dam and going forward we've launched on the first of april 2023 we've launched the space to a group of about 30 people and um and soon we will have on our website the diary of events where we will bring different kinds of youth groups and older leaders together to have conversations with youngs.
1: Fantastic. And thank you also to uh, the late uh, Professor Daniel Plakis. Uh, you know, for, for his vision. Uh, I think we're here and having this conversation because of him. Thank you, Lydia and Plakies. Thank you, Mbali Williams. Thank you, Nicholas Kruger. Thank you, Dr. Lydia, Lydia and Plakis. Thank you, everybody. It's 11 o'clock on SAFM. It's time for the latest news.